Hi and hello, Agile practitioners. Welcome to episode one. That's right, the inaugural episode of Agile Coffee. Agile Coffee. Yeah, so welcome. This is our first podcast of Agile Coffee, and I'm in a room filled with, I want to call you guys heroes. Yay! Is yes, that good? Us, us. Okay, so it's a room filled with us uh, <laughs> wannabe Agile heroes. I threw the wannabe in there real quick. Uh, but um, Would be. Would be. There you go. Would be Agile heroes. And I'm really excited because this is something that John and I have wanted to do for a long time now. Um, I've been doing Agile Coffee based on lean coffee for a little over a year. And this is um, the first time that we've actually put it to a podcast. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to wing it. We have some ideas to go forward, some certain segments and whatnot. But tonight, being that it's our first one, we just kind of wanted to get it off the ground. So we've got three guys in the room with me that I, I think are really special people. And I want to just do a real quick introduction. And then we'll, we'll save kind of more in-depth introductions if you guys want to go into kind of where you're at with your Agile experiences or your work experiences or whatever you want to do um, for a go-around. But uh, just real quick, my name is Vic, and this is John to my right. Say hey, hi, John. Hey, Heidi Ho, this is John Jorgensen. I'm bringing the Agile. That's right. And we also have Brett across from me. Hi, everyone. I'm Brett Palmer. And Curtis Gilbert. Hello, everybody. I'm Curtis Gilbert. So um, very special tonight that, uh, that we all got here to meet at the Knollwood because there's a train going by. Can you guys hear that? That's awesome. Cool. The Knollwood has the train right here. Um, what was really, what I was looking forward to was having a nice kind of perfect location, perfect in quotes, uh, for sound and whatnot at our other location. Should I even name that place? No, I don't feel like no, I want to even say what PS is anymore because no. I was going to give them shout outs on here. But instead, instead now we're just here at Knollwood here in Irvine, uh, Irvine, California, and uh, very happy to be here. I love this place. So, um... So let me take just a moment to explain to our listeners out there what an Agile coffee is or a lean coffee is. So um, I guess it was up in the Pacific Northwest where this originated. The idea of a lean coffee was just a casual place for people who practice Agile or Scrum or XP or whatnot to get together and throw out ideas to each other that they could talk to on short cycles. So in terms of like five eight minutes or so per topic and then move on. Uh, we've got note cards in front of us, just basic three by five cards, to which I'm gonna ask everyone to go on and fill out as many cards as you want, maybe two, three, four cards uh, with the Sharpie markers that we have here. And then we'll just kind of shuffle the deck and put them in just a random order uh, in one column, which will be our to-do column. Those of you familiar with Kanban, we've got three columns. We'll move uh, one topic at a time into our doing column. We'll talk about it for five minutes, say. Sure. And then uh, at the end of five minutes, maybe we'll ask for a Roman voting, thumbs up, thumbs down, to uh, see if we want to extend it another two minutes. And then we'll move it to the done column after that and move on to the next topic. So that's pretty much how a lean coffee starts. Uh, doing this in the podcast format may be a little bit different. So you're going to have to bear with us, I think, for the first time around. But I think that uh, going forward, it's going to be a fun thing. So uh, let me interject here real quick. This is Brett, just so everybody knows my voice. I got a question. We're going to time box this? Ooh, great idea. Time box. Roman voting. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm up. Okay, so time boxing the entire podcast yes. to, say, I'm going to throw out 20 minutes. Oh, higher? 20 minutes. 
Well, are you gonna are you gonna edit some of this that's relevant later um, on? Or? Uh, I'll probably be doing some editing, but don't put a lot of work on me. Right. I'm not gonna take out all our ums and ahs. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. But uh, okay, we could time box it to thirty five minutes. Thirty minutes. Thirty thirty five minutes. Okay. Okay. I got so the clock John's going. got the clock going for thirty five minutes. And then we'll time box each card to like okay. five minutes or so, right. um, with the option to go another two. Um, also, before we get started, I wanted to say that going forward, um, you heard the little catchy jingle that I had in the beginning. What would you guys think about that music that I had? Let's iterate on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it went a little too long. I think perhaps maybe if you shortened it. I'll tell you this. I did have other lyrics for it. I was going to go agile coffee see what's brewing come on in uh, there's something new in agile coffee and i just like ah it's too much cheese it's way too long <laughs> while we're doing that john you didn't ask why i was wearing this medal oh my gosh okay so i've been meaning to but i'm a little bit shy so you've got more than a medal I you do. got a metal and a visor. I have a visor, too, which I never wear. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have to say, I saw you last time we were in this room, which was only a few days ago, come in with your cap. Yes. And a visor and, should I say, a very snazzy polo shirt. You'll see yes. that I'm wearing also a collared shirt. Nice. I don't do polo shirts, but I'm wearing a collared shirt. There was one other aspect. Had you been truly astute, or let's say possessed the kind of hyperacuity that I do, you would have noticed that my feet were completely soaked. Well then, I'm going to ask you why you think I'm wearing this particular ensemble with the metal. Okay, so I'm just guessing, and this is honestly just my best guess, I have no idea, but I'm guessing that you've been sailing. I have indeed been sailing Oh my today. gosh, okay. I was cool in Newport, that? I was sailing, no way. and I had to throw that out because I know that you are taking lessons for sailing. sailing, yes, and... Um, there has been some wind, I, I would hope. It was a beautiful day for sailing. Oh my gosh. We were in the I'm harbor. I'm kind of jealous now. And uh, I know this is an agile podcast, but I just have to say, we were in the harbor. I was there with my, my, work, my coworkers. There were about 50 or 60 of us. And we had a, our first annual regatta. I'll put pictures in the show notes. So for those of you listening, we have show notes for this and all future episodes at the website, agilecoffee.com slash, in this case, episode one. AgileCoffee.com, episode one. You can find the show notes, which has pictures, links, and any notes that, ha that are pertaining to today's topics. So this was a team-building thing, maybe? Indeed it was. It was a team-building thing. We had a lot of fun. My team came in second place. I was the pit man. Okay, so, Brett, you're my witness. He stole the idea from me, even <laughs> though I didn't tell him. Because this, I'm telling you, two days of sailing, or even just one, is absolutely the best team building experience. I, I am going to sleep well tonight and work very well with my coworkers over the next week or two until we do. That. <laughs> okay. So uh, we've got a few cards in front of us. I'm just going to read off a few, uh, the, the first three or four that I see, and then I'll, I'll go ahead and read the rest of them out as we fill them out. But uh, the first one on the list, which I think is going to go first, should be intros. So we're going to go around the room here, around the table, and just kind of introduce ourselves with our own level of agile experience. Uh, again, five minutes per topic. We can vote to extend it an extra two minutes. So if there's four of us, probably we each want to have our introduction to under a minute or so. And I know I've been talking quite a bit. I've got another card here that says Retro Kit. Uh, the next card here says Iterations. Why? I have a card here that says The Art of Estimating. 
and another one that says local events. So I think that's enough to get us going. So can I have a volunteer for someone? Actually, you know what? I've got a phone here with a timer device. Yours is being used, so let's not use yours, John. I can do it. So no, you're taking pictures, so that's fine. I've got mine here. Uh, Brett is our staff photographer for the day, so we appreciate that, Brett. Thank you very much. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do this for uh, five minutes, and we'll go ahead and, like I say, just kind of go around the room and introduce ourselves. So I'll, probably I'll we only want to spend a minute or so each. Okay, so I can keep it well below a minute. Um, this is John Jorgensen, and I've been doing Agile slash Scrum for over three years. And um, the, the, the thing that I guess would set me apart is that um, I spent 17 years of my life in Japan learning from the people who... Um, I guess you could say are the founders of the Lean Movement, um, the Toyota production system. I worked uh, for a Honda auto parts manufacturer, came back about five years ago to the United States, and um, I saw how much Kaizen and TPS, total quality um, control systems, were being coupled with the ideas of short iterations and continuous improvement. So... Um, Scrum, specifically the safe implementation of Scrum, uh, is something that I've recently experienced. And I'm learning more and more, as much as I can, about retros. I think that uh, for me personally, the retrospective and having a wide array of different exercises that lead towards discovery and um, inspecting and adapting um, on a team level are really kind of the crowning um, skills of a scrum master and agile coach. So that's me. I can go next. Uh, this is Brett Palmer. Hi, everyone. Currently, I work as a scrum master, but even before that, I was a traditional project manager wearing that traditional project manager hat. Um, now I kind of blend that old approach with the with the agile uh, approach as uh, we are developing a software application at the company that I'm currently working for right now. Um, but I've been in the Agile space um, since 2008. Before that, I was working as a technical trainer traveling around the country just doing implementations for uh, a small software company that I worked for at the time. Um, so I've seen a lot of different companies and I've worked with a lot of different people. Um, and I'm really excited about the, the work that we're doing at the company that I'm currently working for uh, right now, uh, we do um, have an offshore component as well. And so I'm sure that as we start recording these podcasts, we can start talking about uh, how the Agile process can unfold, especially with distributed teams and things like that. I'm Curtis Gilbert. I'm a recovering uh, waterfall project manager. Been doing this for 17 years, primarily in a consulting type of environment. And I'm hanging out with Agilists these days uh, as I'm an aspiring uh, Agile Scrum Master. I've got some certs and credentials. Looking to get uh, certainly more in the world of the way that it really works, which I think is Agile and Scrum. I'm here to listen, contribute, and um, really uh, basically uh, benefit from the fact that I'm surrounded by a lot of great practitioners, a lot of wisdom. And uh, I'll share mine as, uh, as time passes with uh, what I can uh, add after uh, we talk about uh, some of these topics uh, from my perspective as the newer guy to the block. And my name is Victor Bonacci. I am uh, working in Agile. This is my first job in Agile. Uh, I've only been doing it for about three years now. 
but I've been with uh, the same company the whole time, which is uh, incredible that we've uh, we've been doing Agile for the full three years that I've been there. Uh, we were a startup, you know, five years ago. We're not a startup anymore. We're uh, full on the IPO path, and um, you know, I've learned a lot along the way. I was the first Agile coach brought on board there. Um, kind of have trained the scrum masters, have been a scrum master myself, uh, have been a technical project manager there, and I've seen a lot of overlaps and a lot of uh, a lot of the typical challenges that you would expect for young companies that are early in their adoption cycle of Agile, kind of working with POs, having strong uh, stakeholders uh, committed to the Agile process, um, you know, many, many kind of challenges along the way. Uh, what's been great ha is that we've been iterating through uh, many of the things, trying things and seeing if they work. So, yeah, I feel that, again, I think this is something that's really um, great to bring to the table is um, the experiences that we all have here. And going forward, I hope that we can uh, invite more people into this conversation so we can share these ideas. Again, the idea of the Agile Coffees and the Lean Coffees, uh, for me anyway, when I started these, was to get people um, kind of joining a community, a local community, and now as it is a virtual community to kind of build this up. So uh, we reached the end of our five minutes for introductions. Are we okay with ending and moving on to the next topic? Yep. All right. So our next topic says retro kit. And I believe then that this was yours, John. Yeah, that's correct. So basically in um, Agile Retrospectives, a book by Diana Larson, I think it's somewhere near the back. She recommends that scrum masters, facilitators, people that are running retrospectives have a kit that you know they can carry around to the meeting rooms or whatever space they're having these retrospectives in. From that, and, and what goes into there, in my experience, has been multicolored sticky notes, as many colors as there are people in your team, markers that you you know they're not dried out, you know that they're reliable, and if you're using a white bar, it includes erasables, erasable markers. I use a chime. Chime just gets people's attention without being rude by yelling. The Prime Directive, which has nothing to do with Star Trek, it's about just assuming a positive, a positive motive for everybody on the team, that they're trying to do the best they can with the knowledge they have and other resources they had at the time in the sprint. Then other ideas, if, if you guys have them, I want to put them in. Well, from a newbie perspective, this is Curtis. I think to myself, why are we doing the retro, retrospective? And it would almost seem like that meeting, as I know from Agile, is a pretty significant meeting, unlike the daily stand-ups, unlike the planning. But in the end, it's sort of a ceremonious event to say why we did this. So the kit is uh, the equipment, but it would seem to me that there'd be some amount of attention to uh, why you're there and remembering what each member team members definition of success was so you bring that into it so that's the mechanics uh, but the reality that I would think is the retrospective is a pretty symbolic and a big deal event um, and that would be my initial thought uh, now one of the things that I'm noticing uh, with with the company that I'm working for is that the executives see an upper management pretty much see the retrospectives as a, an expensive meeting because sure. you've got now very high priced um, software developers, consultants, possibly contractors there 
um, and and they could be spending time coding. So mm -hmm. so now uh, I'm in the position of trying to have to justify why we want to use that time as a learning experience. And also um, the challenge is, is how much do you document during that retro? I know we're getting um, off topic. We should be talking about the retrospective kit. kit yep. Um, just, just one more thing about the retrospective kit. Sure. We should probably talk about like what the definition of success would be for mm -hmm. that retrospective meeting. Like maybe a focus, a focus for that retrospective. Yeah, and then have that on hand so people can refer to it easily. And, and there's uh, no question. Otherwise, it's going to become like a free for all. Um, mm -hmm. So we want to maybe talk about a specific area of of what might have happened during that previous sprint. So that's actually something else that I, I've been meaning to keep on hand. In other words, you know, butcher paper or flip charts, if you're writing down the team agreements, which, you know, go hand in hand with, you know, the, the, the team charter, um, per, the, the theme of the retro, the purpose, and maybe you've got, you know, sticky notes or slicky notes mm -hmm. that person by person, here's, here's my motivation, here's why I work, here's the objectives I have personally for my career that hopefully each sprint contributes to. Maybe that's something that should be in the kit. What about a timer? Would you have a timer on hand? Uh, I would definitely have a timer or two. Maybe a time timer uh, to visually show people how quickly time is going by. And maybe a really easy set timer like a kitchen timer, egg timer, or a time block, which you just set it down and that sets the timer. Great. So that brings us to the five-minute mark. Do we want to spend any more time talking about retro kits? Looks you guys like are no. good. Well, yeah. I just want to sum up then. What I heard was that uh, as far as retro kits go, um, we had we had talked about stickies, multicolored stickies. We had a variety of markers uh, for eraser boards as well as just kind of Sharpie markers, uh, a chime of some sort. Yeah, I think I heard water-soluble markers. Pentel mm -hmm. makes a bunch of really good ones there for that. Uh, I heard about the prime directive and also having a copy of the definition of success that the team has already agreed upon, and then some kind of a timer uh, going through. So again... These will be kind of on the show notes uh, at the website, so you can kind of see more details and maybe links to some of the specific products that we're looking at. All right, next up on our list, we have something called Iterations Why? Whose card is that? That was actually mine. Uh, so I guess, you know, when we think about Scrum or other Agile processes, we think of short iterations. And I, I've been asking myself, yeah? I'm sorry, to, I, I must, I just want to point out that just because you're iterative doesn't mean that you're agile. Very true. It's right. a necessary but not, not always sufficient element of, of agile. And, um, and so I would say, well, maybe because we want to fail fast, we want to learn from failure in a safe environment. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about making safe environments, you know, what's required? I guess as a scrum master, I'm thinking that's maybe one of my main responsibilities is to create a safe environment. Maybe even a business owner shares this responsibility. Is that like safe as in scaled agile? No, it has <laughs> nothing to do with that. <laughs> no, it's an environment, I think, where people feel not threatened uh, for saying something obvious, you know, pointing out the elephant in the room and not... Um, not in jeopardy, like their, their, their job's not in jeopardy for taking risks that are calculated risks and maybe necessary for learning. Um, it's, you know, an input for the inspect and adapt thing. And so I guess maybe what I'm really asking myself is how do I make a safe environment that allows people to fail fast, that 
is the purpose of having short iterations. Anybody have any thoughts on that? How to, how to make a safe environment for development teams? I agree that it's important. Safe environments, we, um, we tend to try to have retrospectives anyway off-site as much as possible or at least away from our working area as much as possible. And I think that that helps kind of create that that separation from the daily space that leads to kind of more safe environments. We've had retrospectives at breweries and, and pubs, which are which are really great because people can kind of feel uh, a little bit freer and looser with their their dialogue, and that kind of opens up to um, not only kind of more honesty, but also it le- it yields to a lot of uh, better kind of team building. So those offsite retrospectives were those like sprint retrospectives, like maybe every two weeks you go offsite, or what kind of? We wouldn't go to the bar every two weeks, but um, but we would have um, you know offsite in that we are not using the same room where we're doing our daily standup. Uh, we might just go to another corner of the office just to oh. kind of mix it up, so that we're kind of well, sure. changing our our atmosphere, kind of taking it out of the regular normal yeah, state of mind. Or you could go to a coffee shop down the street. Yeah, that makes sense, and. And I think that really um, we, we, we do that a lot. We'll go to the boardroom that has the good fruit and the snacks and all that. Another idea, and, I, and we can go into the specifics of this on a later podcast, but when we um, do a retrospective, we're using one tactic now that Diana Larson introduced me to, which is the emotional seismograph, where people mm-hmm. will just kind of get up with a different colored marker on the whiteboard and just kind of write their own kind of interpretation of the sprint of the last week or two weeks or whatever of the sprint and you're not really tying a person's name to the color mm-hmm. you may remember that joe had blue and tim had brown yeah. uh, markers but you're just kind of seeing the different colors together and not really associating a person with the color so it, it does kind of take that step back of uh of like hey i i say that the sprint sucked totally or whatever uh, you kind of just like see it all at once, and it makes it a little bit more safe. I'm not sure if that answers your question. Well, yeah, it does. I think what I'm hearing is that the retro, by making the retro safe and like non-accusatory, and by maybe supporting people for having taken risks, when it's obvious that there's been a failure or some failures in the in the retro, and maybe it might have even cost the team a little bit of velocity, you know, their output, supporting them in that, nevertheless maybe starts building this cumulative perception of safety in, you know, in the team. What are the things? Are there, is there anything else that comes to mind that could be contributing to the, the safe feeling that's in the team? You know, from the outside looking in, uh, again, as the uh, recovering waterfall project manager, I think to myself, is it really that unsafe to go into an environment with your teammates that you have to be that cautious? Mm. I would think that you would, there'd be a lot more trust built over time that people would show up and maybe that's naive. So I'm going to stop. That's more of a question and maybe a quick, quick comment from one of you. I, I would say that any time that the team composition changes that you go into this forming storming thing, and that's probably why people feel unsafe is because they just don't know. Is everybody in the room friend or foe? And until they have the answer, then, um, yeah, you're going to pull your cards close to your chest, I so think. So that, that'll be a continuing conversation, I guess. So, yeah, so we reached five minutes. Do we want to continue talking about this or move on? Are we all good to move on? Looks like move on. All right, well, well let's move on then. Uh, next up is... Uh, Oh, the art of estimating. I'm reading is is that, that yours? That would or? be my okay, okay. Okay. Now I thought that there was a movement within Agile that says we shouldn't estimate. 
There is. So owned by a certain right. individual. Well, so <laughs> consider the source. Somebody yeah. who is actually usually uh, having to answer to stakeholders that want to know how long and when. Uh, I know one thing from sprints, you have pretty much a cost component. You've got a certain amount of resources for two-week sprint, X dollars, and you can estimate based on uh, cost. The real question is more around the process by which you estimate user stories and actually break those down into tasks. And um, I've seen and heard about T-shirt. I've heard about uh, poker. I've heard about several techniques. Uh, and frankly, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that it's uh, appropriate to ask my uh, experts in the room what their thoughts are. Um, when you say poker, you're referring to the planning poker, of course, where it's a practice of all of the uh, participants kind of a, an account of three, maybe showing a, either on, on a hand the number of a point size or maybe a card with, with certain points on it, Brett. So one of the things that I want to just distinguish here is make, make the differentiation between a sprint estimating for sizing what would go into the sprint through story pointing um, versus more of a release estimation um, from a from a from maybe a PMO standpoint right and I, I guess and, and so when I say zero estimates before that's what that was the context in which I made that comment the the story pointing will help you or help the team decide based on the velocity what would be interjected into the sprint but that's at a very low tactical level but then there's that higher strategic estimating where where you've got the guy who is wearing the bean the bean counter accountant guy mm -hmm. who's doling out all this money at a tune of you know thousands and thousands of dollars every week with a green visor you know with a green visor yeah <laughs> and he he wants to know when is your project going to deliver Mm -hmm. and yet you're iterative and mm -hmm. and so so that is that is the context for what, what was the context for that Curtis well the context is yeah I think you've got two audiences you've got the audience in the way of developers and then you have the audience for the reporting as would be with bean counters uh, nothing against bean counters you've got to run a business but the reality of it is when I think to estimating you walk in a room you've got a team of people trying to discern how much effort is going to be associated with a user story well and also you know to keep in mind that well with with software in particular um, mm -hmm. estimating is it can be difficult because it's not like necessarily parametric where yeah. you know you know parametric estimating you know if it takes you one day to build one mile of road and you have a mm -hmm. hundred miles ahead of you you can you can do the math and say that that's going to take you a hundred days but with software it's very complex there are nuances there's the maturity of your team there's a lot of different variables that come into play building software and that's where estimating is tricky because you're building something unique that's custom it's not a necessarily it's not a necessarily a one-off mm -hmm. um, well and I would say maybe one uh, concept to, to pull into this is uh, for example in the rally tool there's portfolio level work items which of course are like epics themes initiatives and maybe features at low end and then there's like you know the sub portfolio which is smaller features, user stories, and tasks. And when you're talking about things that are at the higher level of the portfolio, maybe you're at t-shirt sizes, and when you're below, you're at like story points. And yeah, but ahead. still, you need to know when that 
airplane is going to mm-hmm. land on that aircraft carrier in the middle of the night on mm-hmm. stormy waters. You need sure. to be able to predict that. Um, and and I think that, I mean, if I was going to channel some of Woody's will here, I would probably say that maybe you get a certain amount of effort, a certain amount of functionality. You won't know it when you start it, but as you work through it, you start to learn what you're going to get for that time. So for the new guy going into a room with a bunch of developers and having the task of having to address estimating, which of these techniques, t-shirt, poker, which one of these really works? Yeah, I think it's it's all team-based. It's what what's right for the team, uh, really. I mean, when, when I started at, at where I'm at, at SunGrid, we had all teams working on the Fibonacci's up to, I think, a scale of 20, uh, 20 being the largest. Um, then we've kind of scaled it down. If it's bigger than eight, it needs to be broken down. Now, most of the teams are developing with uh, estimates of either a one, a two, or a three. If it's a one, easy, no problem. If it's two, it has more risk. If it's three, it needs to be broken down further. Um, I don't know if we need a card for this, um, but I wanted to point out about story pointing because there seems to be, um, still within the Agile space, a confusion about story pointing and what that really is uh, when the team is sizing different uh, bodies of work and they're using story points. Now, what we do is we actually uh, give more story points for those things that have more business value, okay? So, or more business value and more complexity. So... All right, we've uh, reached the end of our extension, uh, so we did go seven minutes on that topic. And I'd like to move on to our last card on the board here, which is local events. And, John, you wrote this card. What's this card all about? Well, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around in Southern California related to Agile, and I thought it would be a good idea to make the habit of just checking in to say, hey, who knows what about what's going down around us? And, um, you know, for example, on the 22nd, a week from this coming up Saturday, I know Kate McGaw with Braintree, or is it Brain Trust? Brain Trust, isn't it? Um, is going to be putting on an event in Mission Viejo in a restaurant for about two hours to talk about an agile topic. Um, and on retrospectives. On retrospectives, wow. And following Diane Larson's workshop a couple weeks back, that's um, probably going to be something worth uh, attending and it's on a Saturday which is really rare I'm hoping that that pattern continues because um, heavens knows everybody's busy with work uh, one of the the things is is that if we're going to be making these podcasts available online in an archive Uh um, the chances that somebody would listen to this podcast in time for them to be able to take advantage of the local events might not be relevant yeah Sure. So we, we'd have to make a, um, make a habit of, uh, when we introduce the show, saying the date that this is posted and the date of these events. So if you're listening to us today, you know, this may be posted um, before April 1st, and that's no joke, uh, 2014. So right now it's the <laughs> middle of uh, March. So if you're talking about events, you want to make sure that people have enough lead time to get there. But uh, today, is, today is the 13th of March, 2014. It's worth considering. Any other local events people want to bring up? The uh, groups in San Diego, the groups here in Irvine? Well, you know, um, kind of following the pattern that SoCal Agile does, instead of having a slide, or maybe we read the slide from Southern California Agile Group, or we just start keeping track of stuff year-round locally 
Um, right, and, and just to point out that I do know that the monthly Agile Southern California group is mm -hmm. going to have a really awesome presenter <laughs> next time. Um, Interesting, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, the cat's out of the bag. Basically, um, John Jorgensen, me, um, I'm going to be presenting um, this a week from today, isn't it? Is yeah, it? Is I it? think so. Something like that. It's like next yeah. Thursday. Um, and the topic is, um, it's called uh, A Spoonful of Scrum, drawing the parallels between the wisdom of Mary Poppins and the Scrum Master. I think we have a topic it's for next... I think we have a topic no. for the next Agile Coffee then. Yeah, it's the, tw it's the 26th of March. Good. Also, I know it's looking forward quite a bit, but on September 11th and 12th of this year, we have in the Irvine area at UC Irvine, uh, as a matter of fact, um, our own SoCal Agile Open. I think I've got that right, which is uh, going on its sixth, seventh year, sixth or seventh year right now. And um, that's something that we're right now organizing. Uh, most of us in this room are involved with that. And I'm anticipating that all of this will be posted in the show notes. There you go. Yep. In the show notes. Any other local events that we want to cover right now? Well, uh, there's one more that's going to be down in San Diego in early to mid June, uh, called the Day of is, is it the Day of Scrum? Day of Scrum in San Diego being organized as we speak by Carlton Nettleton, and um, actually this this uh, group, the Agile Coffee Meetup, will be uh, doing the first session of the day. Um, actual Agile Coffee live there in the event. That's right. We will be doing Agile Coffee there for about 45 minutes, which will be great to get people kind of introduced to the lean coffee concept if they haven't been already. And you're always welcome, if you're in the Southern California area, to join us on the first Thursday of every month at our meetup where we do these podcasts, uh, the Agile Coffee Meetup. If you go to meetup.com and search for Agile Coffee, you'll be able to find this as a local event where you can go to and talk to us face to face. So let's go ahead and move on to our closing segment, which is our retrospective. Yes. So at the end of each episode, we're gonna go ahead and retro on, uh, on the episode, how it went. So this one, we didn't have any, um, any interviewees. We didn't talk about news or anything like that. We already mentioned the we should, intro we jingle. look back at our notes from our last event, our last podcast, mm -hmm. and decide if we were able to make those improvements. Yes. Since this is our first podcast, right. we have nothing to look back at. But so. next time we will. Yes. But next time we will. So, um, yeah, so we're saving all this, and it'll be also documented in the show notes. So we had six topics today that we went into. Of course, two of them weren't really um, kind of ongoing future topics. One was just introducing ourselves, and, uh, and I thought that went well. And another topic was just talking about future podcast segments so um aside from those i think we've covered those the other four topics that we hit today we talked about the retro toolkit so thanks john for talking about the retro toolkit we talked about iterations why iterations and that brought off the idea of uh, safe environments uh we talked about the art of estimating and we also spent some time talking about local events so in terms of our retro for this podcast if you want to comment on any of the topics or just how the podcast in general went like to hear it Correct. so i thought the uh topic on retro kit was interesting i thought that iterations why i don't think that really had enough meat to it mm -hmm. um and i don't think that i also think that the art of estimating i think that could be the focus of an entire podcast mm -hmm. um i would have liked to have seen maybe three or four more topics 
discussed because it felt like a lot of the conversation was focused on the podcast itself and not on the actual meat. You, you bring up an interesting uh, idea, which is should Agile coffees have a theme? If we start out with a theme, we could break it down almost like a work breakdown structure so that you've got six cards that all came organically from a, a, a starting theme. I, think, I like that idea. Okay. And, and, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, I'll, I'll take the floor. So um, in terms of uh, retrospective for this, I had two notes. One, um, it was the first time, and obviously I have the headphones on, and, and you guys don't, but I was kind of checking levels and kind of making sure the cards are ready, so I wasn't always as engaged as I had been typically mm-hmm. at our past Agile Coffees. So sometimes I think I didn't catch everything that was said at each uh, in each topic. Uh, I feel like that I could probably do a little bit better job, but I think it'll also get better in future uh, podcasts. The other thing that I wanted to say real quick is in terms of the space that we're in. I love being here at the Knollwood, which is in Tustin at um, the corner. I'm sorry, it's in Irvine. I live in Tustin. It's right next door. (laughs) So it's in Irvine, California um, at uh, Sand Canyon right at the Five Highway. So it's a really great place to meet. But I just wanted to kind of throw that out there because, you know, there's a little bit of background noise and I wanted to kind of talk about that. We had a couple of trains. I think Agile Coffee. Here comes another. Here comes a train. This is the real world. So, and if you think about agile, agile actually happens in the real world with noise and distraction, and could be conceivably all kind of chaos and unexpected things. So, the reality of agile is that it's responsive. This is the real world out here. It's it's not controlled. I was going to say that you know it actually takes effort uh, to be fully present in any meeting, and there's a lot of approaches that you can take and. Modeling that as the scrum master is probably the best thing that you can do. So maybe that's a point that we can work on, a a goal of um, everybody being more present and less multitasking to be, you know, focused during the uh, podcast. So the only thing that I would add is that actually I would mirror, um, you know, Brett's comments about the actual topic coverage. Um, and I think, yeah, there's a lot of focus on the mechanics because it's the first time. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. We're actually doing and analyzing how we're doing as we go, which is very agile. Sure. So um, the only thing that I think I would say, and it's probably more future tense, it would not have been possible this particular, with the idea that was mentioned earlier around a theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming that some people begin to contribute their questions that that particular set of questions would actually serve as future themes to see uh, what questions are being asked by the listeners uh, and to address those. And to remember that we've got a wide constituent. You've got people that are fairly new and people that are fairly seasoned. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's got to be some amount of um, effort to get a sense for what each of the different audiences needs. So maybe to actually tailor the messages. So for our newer people, yeah. this is what we want to tell you. But yeah, I love that idea. We're going to wrap it up now with just a few going uh, reminders to um, go ahead and check out the website, uh, agilecoffee.com. And uh, this episode is episode one. Uh, so go ahead and type in agilecoffee.com slash episode one for the show notes. And, um, you know, come back to us and get us uh, thinking about what you want us to ask. So feel free to reach out to any of us with questions that you'd like to see on 
uh, on future podcasts, as well as asking your friends to go ahead and give a listen, because the more people that are participating in this discussion, the greater uh, depth of conversation we get to. So um, so you can reach out to us a number of ways. Uh, I am at Agile Coffee on Twitter at Agile Coffee. I'm also available at Agile Coffee One. That's Agile Coffee and the number one at gmail.com. Uh, John Jorgensen is available at on Twitter at Water Scrum Bond. That's all one word, Water Scrum Bond. Or John, that's J-O-N dot Jorgensen, J-O-R-G-E-N-S-E-N, John dot Jorgensen at gmail.com. Uh, Brett Palmer is, uh, you can reach out to Brett at Brett underscore Palmer. That's B-R-E-T-T underscore Palmer on Twitter. And Curtis can be reached online, uh, an email rather, at cfgilbert at outlook.com. So again, all of these contact uh, channels are available in the show notes of episode one on the website. So we do want you to um, go ahead and reach out to us and let us know how we did on this very first episode. Give us questions that you would like to have addressed in future episodes, and we will make available uh, channels for other people to participate via Skype or other means in future episodes, too. I think we're really looking forward to that. We'd love to hear your input, and we really do want to thank you for listening to the very first episode of Agile Coffee. Yay! Thank you. And the jingle is... Coffee. 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 Coffee.